This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans, go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is February fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one, the day after Valentine's Day. Hope you guys all enjoyed that with your loved ones. If not by yourself, that's okay too. Luke, what's going on, buddy? Anything new? Uh, no, not not really. Did did Valentine's Day look uh, different than in years past for you last night due to COVID stuff or you know an extra baby? What did what did Valentine's Day? What did you guys do? Uh, we went. Uh, we actually went out Saturday night. Uh, we went to to dinner. We go to the same Italian restaurant every year. This this year was a little bit different. Usually, we get like a sitter or somebody to watch the kids. But we took the we took the girls. We we brought my mom also. Mm. Um, yep. had a had a nice dinner. Tried baked clams for the first time. Definitely a fan of that. Um, really? Yeah, man. Outside of that, pretty pretty regular. We just didn't want to do the whole Sunday night thing. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, so I, I was working Friday and Saturday. We had, uh, oh, yeah, have hockey. Um, so I, I was working those games and, uh, then on Sunday we just did something low key. We, we got some sushi. Sorry, the cat's on the table right now. I'm about to smack it into Narnia. Um, but, uh, we had some, we had some sushi and, uh, just stayed in, um, ate some sushi and Harper slept. So, it was great. It was, uh, it was so, good. question we, we about sushi. Old. So, like, yeah, are you are you like you go like super hardcore with like the raw sushi? Or are you more of like the tempura? Do you go for like the like the fried wraps? Like, you go for like uh, well, fried roll, I should say, like a California roll type of deal, or or what do you usually go for? Uh, so when I got introduced to sushi, I they I got eased into it, and I was you know I, I was a California roll boy. But but these days I'm um, raw salmon, tuna, whatever it is. Um, but I, I still can like cooked you know rolls. Um, nothing wrong with with some California rolls, Philadelphia rolls. Get the cream cheese in there. There's some there's some mm. good roll combinations whether it's cooked or not. But yeah, last night um, I think we we both went the the raw route. So it was uh, it was good. Now I know you like the horseradish. Are you, are you like really into the wasabi? Do you do soy sauce? Um, do you indulge um, in the the pickled ginger? So, do you? Me- I don't touch the ginger. No, I don't touch the ginger. No, I'm big wasabi guy. Yeah, I. I uh, yeah, big wasabi guy. Anything spicy, I love it. Um, we had gumbo tonight, and uh, you know gumbo traditionally is pretty pretty spicy but i don't think that the recipe called for enough uh, cajun seasoning because it wasn't spicy enough for me but um but no yeah it was uh wasabi big wasabi guy last piece of the roll i always do just a, a little bit more wasabi than i would on the other pieces and uh just try to really you know clear the airways for me in true uh true hot ones fashion you, the last, yes. uh, the last bite, uh, an extra, the an extra dab. dab there. Yeah, I would. Uh, I can't tell you how quickly I would go on that show just to have all their stuff. I know they actually sell like their hot sauces and stuff, so that'd be uh, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. That's that's definitely a dream of mine to to just get that set. It's an easy dream to accomplish, but I'm gonna get there. Are you are you a Tijuana Flats fan? 
Um, you, you uh, enjoy that restaurant? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we have them here in Omaha, but yeah, we did like Taco Tuesdays and all that kind of stuff at Tijuana. Um, yeah, they they have uh, flautas. They have the chocolate flautas, oh, yeah. the dessert flautas. Mm. <laughs> Good night. Yes, I'll 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 eat those forever. Have you ever been to uh, BJ's, um, like the uh, steakhouse and brewery, with the Pazookis? Is that the one that the Pazookis? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's I've a had problem. A, I've had it's a, a with, problem. With, yeah, no, that that's good. Um, Pazookis are great. Pazookis are awesome, but because essentially it's just like a cookie in a pan, right? Yeah. Basically, so like pre-COVID they bring it out to you, right? And pre-COVID we did that with some friends before it was uh, frowned upon to eat out of the same pan as other people, which now sounds disgusting to me, um, and really just high risk, but I'd be lying if I said eventually I wouldn't get back to Pazuki sharing. So I'm sorry. I, th- that might be irresponsible of me, but those things, there's just something about it. They just, they bring it to, you know, you bring the skillet out to you and your friends and you just have just a scoop of ice cream on top. Good night. Um, that's it. Absolutely. Nothing, nothing better. Now when you, when, with the sushi, do you, do you like, are you bare hand in it? Are you using a fork? Do you go with the chopsticks? I'm, I'm uncultured, uh, so I go fork. No, and I can't. Oh, I can't dude. stand when places don't give me a fork to start, and I have to be like, "Hey, can I get a fork?" and make like a joke about how I'm not like coordinated enough to use chopsticks. Like, I don't like making that joke every time, but I have to because otherwise I feel like an idiot. I feel like an idiot either way. That this is for every sushi place out there. Bring me a fork off the bat. I don't want to ask you for a fork. I, I, I don't it's embarrassing just bring me a fork so I, I was never into sushi before I met Carmen and probably we've been together eight years now probably going back like five or six years ago she introduced me to, to sushi and I was really against it because the whole like raw fish thing just kind of creeped me out but we started the right. same way with like the California rolls there's um there's a restaurant in the area that we live Kazu's everybody knows it is like you know, pretty much the the go to sushi place. But they would have stuff like they had like a Tampa Bay Buccaneer roll, like at one point, which was like another fried roll that they did. Um, yeah. But my, the the thing that I love is like the little. I think it, I think it's actually caviar, if I'm not mistaken. But like the little orange like balls on top of the like they they do. Um, it's called like a yeah. Jade Dragon roll here. It's got like all kinds of like spicy stuff in it, and like the little orange things on there are just absolutely fire. And she had to teach me how to use chopsticks, and I was just like so happy with myself that I was able to to do that. So now, like, I just do it as a flex. Like, we go places, or even if we get like Chinese food, sometimes I'll just rock the the chopsticks. Which, like, eating rice with chopsticks is one of the most difficult things on earth to do. I don't know why people <laughs> do that, but sometimes yeah, sometimes I, you uh, just gotta flex on them. No, Lauren uses chopsticks, but I don't know. For me, it's like. I know how to use a fork. I don't need to like prove to anybody that I like need to use right. chopsticks. That's fair. Just, just let me get into that thing with a fork and eat like the the American I am. You know, let me just enjoy the sushi. That's it. That's all I want to do. Weird thing about wasabi, like I know you and I have talked about horseradish and how it's not one of my favorite things. Like you go to Arby's and you're going the horsey sauce, which is the horseradish sauce there. S- right. Something about like. Was like horseradish and like meat, like beef, doesn't really do it for me. 
But with sushi, I will do wasabi. Like I do enjoy that. Mostly, it's it's soy sauce for me. But yeah. with the with the you know the the sushi, I will go the the wasabi. But anyways, yeah. if you guys couldn't tell, this is an Orlando Magic podcast, and each week we talk right. Orlando Magic basketball. We go off on tangents about food from time to time. And when your team sucks, a week you like have this, to do this. A season by the way. like this, yeah. Sometimes you you have to talk and 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 entertain other thoughts or you're just going to go crazy but luke we're going to get into the state of the magic like we do every week talk about how the team is doing so orlando magic current record of 10 and 18 after going Mm. one and three on the week west coast road trip a loss in portland to the trailblazers a loss in golden state to the warriors and then a win against the kings and then we got another loss to end the week Last night in Phoenix against the Suns, the Magic are currently 12th in the Eastern Conference, 28th in the league in offensive rating, and 20th in the league in defensive rating. So we were 25th in the league last week um, in defensive rating and kind of climbed up a little bit. And we were uh, 27th in offensive rating, and then we dropped down to 28th in the league. 538 gives the Magic a 21% chance of making the playoffs, up from 19 last week. Uh, really, the, the major news this week, we got Michael Carter-Williams back from injury. He missed 19 games with a left foot strain. Can and then we hot. finally got Al Farouk Aminu back after a year plus coming back from a meniscus injury. Played four minutes um, in the first half against the Warriors. And then we have not seen him since. Did not play the last two games due to knee injury management. So you can kind of take that as you will. Um, uh, the I believe it was, it was it the Portland game or was it the Golden State game? A few minutes uh, into the second quarter, I believe it was, Cole Anthony goes up for a jump shot, strains the right shoulder. We have not seen him since. Uh, James Ennis has had a a groin strain. Uh, Frank Mason strained his groin as well. So it was like we got, we were getting a couple of guys back, and then we just, we lost a bunch of guys like almost immediately. So um, the reason I bring up Frank Mason is because the Magic have now waived Frank Mason uh, and have signed Mm -hmm. Chasen Randall. So, if you guys are unfamiliar with Chase and Randall, he actually uh, killed the Magic a few years ago in a, in a Washington Wizards uniform. Um, and we actually, like our next episode after that game was who the heck is Chase and Randall because had no idea who the kid was, lit us up, didn't ever hear from him again until now we've signed him. So things have really come full circle for the, the six-man show. But it really sucks for Frank Mason. I mean, get signed. They, we waved Jordan Bone. He's the backup point guard. Cole gets hurt, so now he's starting, has a real opportunity to, to get real minutes, and then strains mm-hmm. his groin almost immediately, and now the, the kid is waived. So, yeah, he got paid you know, for a few days from the Magic, but mostly the only thing that he has to show for his stint with the Magic is now a strained groin. Yeah, so, it was uh, short-lived. I mean, it was a lot of talk of you know former G League MVP, this, that, and the other. Um, he put up numbers solely – I'm not going to say solely, but pretty much because he had to, uh, where he's playing like 30 minutes a game and stuff like that for the games. It was a great opportunity for him. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it comes to an end. Chasing Randall comes in. Um, I don't even, I didn't look and see where he has been this year. Um, I know he hasn't logged an NBA minute this year. Um, he might've been G league. But he was I really, G League. I believe he was playing with the OKC Blue. Oh, yep, yep. He played, I'm not uh, mistaken. I could have yeah. that wrong, but I know he was no. in the G League. Yeah, yeah, Last he was in the G League. Last played in 2020 with the Golden State Warriors. 
Yeah, he's he only played two games in the G League in the bubble, obviously. 20 points a game, 37% from three, 55% from the field, blah, blah, blah. Um, for those of you, it's it's common. A guy gets brought on, regardless of what he is, if you know that he's going to play immediately, you start to think, oh, what if he could, you know, be something and, and contribute and maybe he, you know, turns into a good player or a role player here on the team. To give you an idea, not to be a Debbie Downer, to further this, you know, Orlando Magic terrible season, but Frank Mason is, to me, a better player than Jason Randall. A uh, little two inches shorter, but, like, last year played, like, 20-some games in the G League or something um, for the Buck Wisconsin Herd, I should say, for the Bucks team. And averaged like 27 a game. Chasing Randall in less games averages like 20 points in his career for the G League. So not thinking much of it. I don't think anybody necessarily is. But in case you guys start to just know he probably won't be better than Frank Mason. Maybe he's equal to the contributions that Frank Mason made. Um, and please, just nobody else get hurt. I don't want to see another guy who gets a good opportunity get waived. I just stay healthy, Jason Randall. That's all I'm asking from you. Well, it, it really sucks that, um, you know, we get Michael Carter Williams back. Right. And like, really, well, it was really the, the following game, but you know, you have Cole and you have Frank Mason and you're like, okay, well we're just going to kind of bide our time until Michael Carter Williams come back, comes back, not knowing it was going to be, you know, within the next couple of games. And now you lose yep. both of those guys. You're down to your only healthy point guard on the roster is Michael Carter Williams. And that's why the Magic made this move. It wasn't that, you know, Chase and Randall is amazing or that Frank Mason, you know, wasn't, you know, good enough. Obviously they thought enough about Frank Mason to bring him on and wave Jordan Bone, but this was really just a case of not having enough healthy point guards on the roster and Dwayne Bacon and, and Terrence Ross in the second unit, you know, I'll give it to them. They held their own. But they're they're not getting it done. They're, it's not what the Magic are looking for. It's pretty crazy that we're at the point in the season now where we're talking about you know what Chase and Randall is going to give us more than Frank Mason <laughs> is going to give us, right? Yeah. So here's to hoping that Cole is going to come back, you know, really really quickly, and then we can insert Cole back into the starting lineup. Michael Carter Williams can be the backup. Hopefully, we can get some amount of health going here. It's just really crazy that you lose. Frank Mason not to mention Evan Fournier is now out again with back spasms so came back you know for a handful of games and now he is out again um then uh Frank Mason injures his groin very next game James Ennis on a fast break just pulls up and starts grabbing his groin area he strained his groin mm -hmm. it's it's just like man when is it when is it gonna stop you know I asked the question when Markel tore his ACL if it was fair to start questioning the training staff and I got a, a few people that told me no absolutely not blah 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 and now you've heard that Markel Fultz you know he tr he trusts this training staff with his life and everything like that but since then you know Evan Fournier's gone out multiple times now um, Michael Carter Williams has been out this season as well Aaron Gordon's been out um, now Cole's out Frank Mason James Ennis is out again Al Farouk Aminu comes back for four minutes and now he's missed the last two games due to knee injury management so that tells me that he wasn't really ready to come back because if he was you wouldn't need this like sure he'd be on a minutes restriction but you wouldn't have this he's going to play four minutes and then miss the next two three games whatever the case may be so 
really, Luke, I mean, we can sit here and, and complain about the fact that the Magic can't score. They're, they're not defending at a high level, yada, yada, yada. They're not shooting the ball particularly well. Everything comes down to the injuries on this team. Like, I feel like we just say the same thing every single week now for the last you know month and a half, but there's not a ton to analyze with this team because this is not the team that the front office planned on having going into the season. You know, we can complain about, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you know, Dwayne Bacon is, you know, playing, you know, 30 plus minutes a night, or we can talk about Gary Clark playing, you know, 25 minutes a night or whatever. The plan was for those guys not to have to play pretty much at all. I mean, Dwayne Bacon, maybe a little bit, but when we talk about Chase and Randall or, or Frank Mason uh, or, or Gary Clark, right? Like these guys are, are yeah. not guys that are supposed to even be on the floor for the magic. So do, do you think guys, do you think that guys like Fournier back spasms, that type of stuff, you've spoke to it and said like back spasms are no joke, yada, yada, yada. Um, do you think by chance front office is already starting to play the tank game? Is it too soon to think that they're doing that? This is my thing with tanking, and, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this anyway. It's so frustrating because, like, the front office doesn't want to really tip their hand, right? Like, they don't want anybody to know what they're doing. They want to try to maintain as much leverage as they can with these other teams. If they come out and say, hey, we're blowing it up, we're tanking, we're selling, blah, 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 if they say that publicly, then teams are calling them, like, oh, you know, you're. Th- then they're going to want guys, you know, 50 cents, 25 cents on the dollar because now you put it out there that you're trying to move those guys. And if you don't move them to me, you're, you you might not be able to move them to somebody else and blah, blah, blah. So they're understandably playing their cards really close to the, to the vest, right? Mm-hmm. But for our sake, like I wish we just had like this super secret, like super <laughs> magic fan group chat with John and Jeff and they're like, hey guys, I understand things are crazy right now, but this is what we're doing just so that I could honestly <laughs> sleep at night because... I just have no idea. The The front office isn't giving us any idea if we're going one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that did cross my mind today when we're talking about Evan Fournier, you know, missed, you know, a few weeks, came back with the the back spasms, just played a handful of games. Um, not a handful of games. It's, it, it's like 10 or 11 games or so, and now he's out again with back spasms. It's like, hmm, I wonder what's really going on there. Like, me, this week I've actually been dealing with back spasms, like, I just tried to pick up my daughter and just turn the wrong way. And then it's just like pain that just drops you to your knees like instantly. And I've been Mm. like doing icing and stretching and everything like that. And it's just like, I'm not out there playing an NBA game. I'm just trying to, you know, be able to Mm -hmm. reach into the fridge and grab a gallon (laughs) of milk without any type of discomfort. So it's definitely a real thing, but no, it's, it's definitely curious i have no idea what the front office is going to do we talked about this a little bit last week when we i don't want to start the whole mo bamba thing again just because like we've said all that we can say and we'll we'll know in the next you know four or five weeks exactly what's going to happen with mo but um you know we we just we don't really have a, a a good idea what the front office wants to do as far as like the development of the young players everything that they've done tells me that they're they're going to try to make the playoffs and I made this point last night in like my little post game video if you look at the standings in the east right now again the the magic I believe are are 12th or or 13th in the east I'm going to pull up the standings right now 
So the Magic are 9, 10, 11, 12th in the East right now. So we're looking at the Eastern Conference. Look, we've got Philadelphia 18 and 9, Milwaukee 16 and 11, Brooklyn Nets 16 and 12, Pacers 14 and 13, Celtics 13 and 13, Charlotte 13 and 15, Knicks 13 and 15, Raptors 12 and 15, Miami Heat 11 and 15. I feel like all of those teams right now, we can say that they're definitely better than the Magic. Like a lot of those teams we've played, but also at the same time, like who thinks that Miami is really going to end the season at the nine seed? Like at some point they're going to figure it out. They're going to get healthy yeah. enough and they'll go on a run and they'll probably end up like somewhere like the fourth, fifth, sixth seed somewhere, somewhere in there. After the heat though, you've got the Hawks at 11 and 15, the Bulls at 10 and 15, the Magic 10 and 18, the Cavs 10 and 18. We're only above the Cavs because, you know, we beat them this year. So we own that head to head tiebreaker. The Hawks, the Bulls, the Magic, and the Cavs, I feel like they're all like right around the same area. I definitely think the, the Hawks are talented enough to, f- like, if they can figure things out, they could probably run away with the 10th seed. But if they don't, right, those four teams, again, the Hawks, Bulls, Magic, Cavs, all of those teams are going to spend the rest of the season within probably two, three, maybe even four games of the 10th seed. And at that point, going into. March and in April, I could see John and Jeff sitting down with with Cliff and, and like, look, we're about to get a couple of guys back. We're, we're going to get, you know, a little bit more healthy here. And they could talk themselves into chasing that 10th seed. Now, the 10th seed this season means that you have the opportunity in the playing game. You have an opportunity to make the playoffs. I don't think the Magic would win a playing game right now. It, definitely not right now with eight freaking healthy guys on the roster, but I just feel like if the the team set that as their goal at the beginning of the season, which everything they did told us that was the move, you know, bringing everybody back, keeping everybody together, not making any big moves. They wanted to run things back in the the first two weeks of the season. It looked like we were going to have no problem doing that. But and I I guess, you know, ask you to jump in here. But that's how I feel like I I feel like the front office is going to talk themselves into chasing the 10th seed and I don't think that's the right thing to do uh yeah I don't think it's the right thing to do I'm actually tracking games right now as Zach Levine hits a huge shot to put them up one against the Pacers uh 27 seconds remaining um I I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't you know box score watching the teams that are below Orlando or right around Orlando and secretly rooting for them to win games I I'm at that point Jonathan I hate that it got there. I never wanted to get here. I was very vocal against, like, I don't want to be bad this year. I don't want to be bad this year. But guess what? You look around, and what other team has a, a two-way player from the G League as a starting point guard? Nowhere. That's not happening. Another thing that kind of put me in that realization of, oh, we're bad, bad, is when Vooch scores 43 and we beat the Bulls by four. The Bulls, who are right around us in record. You also have to remember, besides Cleveland, nobody else in the bottom started hot, I don't think, like Orlando did. Orlando essentially got a leg up and got a head start. And Orlando is not the same team that they were. Right now, the Bulls are a better team than the Orlando Magic. Cut and dried, plain and simple, that's all it is. I don't think that there will... I don't know... I don't think that Orlando will be fighting for a 10 seed at the end of this season. 
it's uh, the writing's on the wall. Like I said, you just have to take a look at the starting lineup and see that you're going to have Chase and Randall, who just got signed, probably starting the next game that he's like able to. MCW will start to start, obviously, but like, it, regardless, he's going to play meaningful minutes, which just shows you this team is bad. This team is bad, and it's all because of injuries. It's I don't think it's a front office thing, but that being said, front office their role in the upcoming months is going to be pivotal, especially approaching deadline here in in like forty days. Um, so they they're gonna probably I mean they're gonna show their cards soon. Hopefully we get some you know the magic or shopping whoever X player. I have no idea who's going to be at this point. It could be Evan Fournier. It could be Aaron Gordon. I really don't know. Regardless, this is not really... I don't think this is an intentional tank. Um, maybe they are. You know, Evan's like, oh, my back's just not 100% today. And they're like, okay, no point in risking. Especially if they're trying to trade Evan at the deadline. They want him to be healthy when they trade him. Because, yes, you can trade an injured player, but a team is not necessarily going to want that player. So if Evan can get healthy and they can have him healthy and good by March 25th, they can ship him. So we'll see. That's another theory um, is that they're just kind of holding him out so that he'll stay healthy and get better and not have these back spasms, you know, come physical time and all that. No, I thought about that as well, and, and that's that's fair to talk about Evan and the, the back injury and whether or not they're kind of – biding their time and taking it really, really easy and really slowly with him just in case they do want to trade him. But let me, you know, you said that you don't think this team has a chance to, or you don't see this team competing for the 10th seed. And, and let me just run a few scenarios by you and, and get your thoughts on this because this is where I'm at. So right now, like starting five is Michael Carter-Williams, Dwayne Bacon, um, Gary Clark, Vucevic and who am I missing who else are we starting right now no Terrence is starting right now so that's our starting five right now coming off of the bench we've got Kem we're gonna have Chase and Randall and we're gonna have Mo Bamba like as of right now right so and Chuma excuse me so this is what I think Cliff should do like literally tomorrow Gary Clark is no longer starting get Chumo Kiki into the starting lineup. I want I want to see him get more minutes. I want to see him play alongside Vucevic more, you know, Terrence Ross, um, you know, even, you know, Michael Carter Williams, Cole Anthony, whoever it is, when he when they start to get healthy. Until Aaron comes back, Chuma should be the starting four. Like I've just, I've seen enough of Gary Clark. I want to see as little Gary Clark as, as we possibly can at this point. And I, I think um Chuma going up against like the better players of the league would do him a lot of good. So we should do that immediately, right? Cole comes back. Cole is now going to be your starting point guard. Evan comes back. He's the starting two guard again. Um, probably continue to start Dwayne Bacon at the three, probably for the rest of the year. When Aaron comes back, Aaron's your four. You've got Vooch at the five. And then backups, you've got Michael Carter-Williams. You've got um, you've got Terrence Ross. You've got Kem. And you've got Gary Clark if you want. You've, you've also got Mo in there. That's... That like nine ten man rotation, I think you can talk yourself into that team pushing for the tenth seed. Like we don't have any reason to believe this right now, the way that this season has gone, but if you get everybody back and everybody stays healthy and at that time maybe you've got, you know, fifteen, twenty games left and and you say, Okay, we're three, we're four games back, I one hundred percent could see this team 
making up enough ground and like barely by the skin of their teeth making the 10th seed. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but I could understand the logic if the front office talks themselves into that. Do you disagree with that? Um, I, I, I agree that by the skin of their teeth, they could make a 10th seed. And, but you used a lot of operative words there. Um, if the magic stay healthy and, and, and things like that, the biggest one being if they stay healthy, if they stay healthy, sure. That's a, that's a, that's a 10 seed probably, but I don't trust that they're staying healthy. Um, I would like to think that they would, but there's nothing about the season that makes me think it's not just going to keep trending in the same direction. We're going to have guys with ankles and groin injuries and whatever back spasms. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Um, like we keep saying, we will know more by deadline. And it's the obvious thing to say, but it's true. Thing I will say about Chuma, um, he's going to be starting soon. I don't think anybody. He, would... I, man, I hope so. Well, the, the, if you look at it, Last game against the Suns, him and Gary Clark both played 28 minutes. They're playing equal minutes. Only thing that changes is who the what unit they're going against. Um, the game before that, Gary Clark outplays him by like four or five minutes. Game before that, or I mean Chuma, sorry, Chuma outplayed Gary Clark by four or five minutes. Game before that, Gary Clark plays like 18 minutes. Chuma plays like 32. So, it the writing's on the wall there too. I think Chuma's going to be starting. Um. I hope that Mo continues to get some run. Um, I hope his minutes get upped even more. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath, but I hope that's the case. Um, Mo is but, one person coming back from being back to not playing whatsoever. Like if, yeah. if Aaron comes back or James Ennis or Alfaru Camino and they're like really back, Mo's out of the lineup. It's yeah. stupid, but so, that's that's just the reality. Yeah, and um, it would take Mo having I don't know actually forget it. It wouldn't take Mo having a great game because we've seen it and no. it doesn't change anything. So yes, you're right. Um, Ag comes back, it's over. Ennis, whoever. Um, so all that to say, Chuma will be in the starting lineup soon. I, I think that that's kind of a given at this point. Given if you look at the minute distribution, um, he often plays more than Gary Clark. So we'll see. I mean, the, the the biggest thing for me is that he gets minutes. Then the next biggest thing is that he plays against good players, which he's playing bench units right now, which is good. I mean, just ease him along, I guess. But I would like to see him in the starting lineup, play against starters to start the game, and then you know, distri- distri- distribute it like however you want throughout the game, I guess, rotation-wise. But, yeah, I, th- I think we're in a good spot with Chuma. Chuma has shown some great flashes. Um and I think it's just a matter of knocking Rust off, but but he looks he looks pretty good, so I'm I'm excited about his development. All right, let's take a quick break. Yeah, I think as we start to approach the the deadline, and we can talk about a few of these things. So uh, I wanted to re- talk really briefly about you know all the I, I wouldn't even call them rumors. It's just terrible attempts at you know it's trade season possible baby. trades of of Vucevic Fire being trade traded machine. to Boston mm-hmm. just it, it's it's honestly it's just getting out of hand and I tweeted today because uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast he had Kevin O'Connor on and they they spent a good amount of time talking about Boston as they always do you know they're they're both Celtics fans but 
they proposed a trade for Nikola Vucevic using you know their twenty nine million dollar trade exception or twenty six million dollars, whatever it is. But it was essentially Robert Williams, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, and then like a, a few first round picks and swaps. I don't think Orlando is going to be interested in Boston's first round picks at all because you're talking about like the like low twenties at absolute best. So that's just a non-starter for me. And then just none of those other pieces are appealing to the Magic whatsoever. In my opinion, it was literally just a trade of how can we get a super good guy giving up absolutely nothing? And, you know, the Magic should basically thank us in the meantime for doing it. And it's just the, the dumbest thing that I've seen. I don't see Vooch to Boston coming from any Magic fans. It's all from Boston fans or other members of the media. This is where it starts and stops with the Magic. If we're giving you Nikola Vucevic, we want Jalen Brown. And we know that Boston isn't doing that, so it's just a non-conversation for all of us. We're like, we're not giving you what you want, and you're not going to give us what we want. So there's not a conversation to be had here. And that's really all that I have to say about it, Luke. I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. I just thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's listen, it's trade season. Fire up the trade machine on ESPN um, and I'm sure that's what you know you built. use the trade machine bro if you're not using trade NBA <laughs> you need to welcome to 2021 dog <laughs> like honestly though if you haven't used trade NBA use trade NBA in my opinion it's it's so much easier it's a better experience you have so, like more information and everything like a that better trade way NBA, to make, it's a better you. way to make me feel like I'm sitting in the office with Weldham I mean yeah I, I guess you could say that yeah can you like trade picks and stuff or what I mean, does that really matter though? Like, I'm not, it's not. I mean, like 2K, like it makes sense to throw them in there, like sweeten the the trades. But like, you could all always just say, oh, theoretically, we would give them, you know, our our first round pick. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't. There's no like trade probability. To oh, that so they've got to, they've got like them. they've got like trending players being traded. Have you is, you seen that? Yeah, Nikola Vucevic was like 11th earlier when I looked. Uh, no, not anymore. And it's bro. all just. He's well, twenty good. now. Well, what is he he's, first? He's twenty. He's Twentieth. Okay, that makes me feel. Andre Drummond's People first, obviously. To their senses. Yeah, no, it's right. like uh, yeah, Blake's uh, probably up it, there. Well, it's crazy. He's really he is up there, but not really. So like, it's. I wonder if this is like trending players, meaning like fans trading, right? Yeah, it's it's all fan. It's all fan driven. Like so, what yeah. People are throwing like them into the Drummond, trade machine. John Collins, Kyle Lowry, Aaron Baines, Patrick McCaw, Norman Powell. Hmm. I wonder who people are throwing in tra- <laughs> into trades with Kyle Lowry, Aaron Baines, Mac- Patrick oh McCaw, gosh. Norman Powell, Kemba, Blake, Mike Scott, Oladipo. I mean, there's just wow. That's a wild website there. Um, interesting. Yeah. But uh, huh? Yeah. So I guess go to Trade NBA, guys. I'm I learned something new today. There you go. You're welcome. Cool kids that's don't use ESPN for. trade machine anymore. No sir. Mm. But yeah, I just I thought it was pretty ridiculous to talk all that, you know, boots to Boston, but the other thing that I wanted to to talk about is so like from like the beginning of the season, you and I went in with the expectation that at some point it was likely that Evan and or Aaron would get moved. And my feelings on that have changed a little bit. So I don't see Aaron getting moved at this point just because the lack of depth that we have at the forward position where at the beginning of the year that was like a strength and now it's just like a, a outright need, and the fact that there's not really a rush to trade him because he still has another you know year on his deal next year, the, that 
the um, his contract value is going to decline next year, so it'll be a little bit easier to trade him next year. Um, and you know, he's a guy that this season has played really well when he was healthy. You know, running the point forward and everything like that. However, Evan, I still think is is probably the most likely guy to get moved on the roster, just because I feel like. He still has decent value, especially if you're trading him to a you know a playoff team or even a contender. And then Kem. So we've talked about. I, I again, I don't want to beat the dead horse with Mo and everything like that, but I think it the, it's the best idea for the franchise to trade Mo just to get him out of the way. To trade, excuse me, to trade Kem just to get him out of the way for Mo to get Mo on the floor to get Mo playing time, and that's the only way that you're going to do it. Um, it's not just to move him. I mean, I. I have my doubts on whether or not the Magic would want to um, to pay Kem this offseason. He's going to be a free agent. This year, he's legitimately been one of the ba- best backup centers in the league. Okay, And if the Magic have not given up on Mo, then they're not going to trade Kem. That's what, that's what this whole thing comes down to, is if you're, you've given up on Mo, you keep Kem. If you haven't given up on Mo, you move Kem. And Whatever they do or do not do at the trade deadline is going to tell me everything that I need to know about Mo. And one of those paths is really, really, really going to frustrate me. And the other is going to be like just a saving grace. And if, like, okay, we're, we're still kind of on the same page with the front office as far as what the long-term goals are. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, that's been the, the case for past month or so now the the topic of conversation is Mo Bamba once we got it out of the way and Cliff really showed his cards to us it's about talent at this point it's not about conditioning or anything like that um yeah it's it's very clear that one of them should be traded at the deadline but I don't know if the front office will even see it that way um I believe Kim Kim expires this year this offseason so I mean, it's so he'll expire, and and if he's still on the team, if they keep him at the deadline, maybe it means nobody wanted him. Maybe that means that they couldn't get much for him. But I have a hard time believing it, um, because he has, like you said, he has been one of the best backups. Despite you know, he's just kind of in the way at this point. It's not anything personal. It's just like we don't want to see Mo Bamba develop and play. So I don't know. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go the Kim route next year. It could just mean that they just want to get them off the books at the end of the season. The season's a wash anyway, but I would hope that they would want, if the season was a wash to them, that they would play Mobamba and just trade Kim Birch. But again, I don't know. You don't know. We have no idea what direction this front office is thinking. Um, we know that they're very stubborn, maybe too conservative, and they want to win. So I just hope that like they don't give someone an offer, they counter it, and it's still a decent offer, but they're like, no, just because it's not the offer that they came to the table with. Um, so I, I really don't know what to think. But, yes, you're, you're correct in the fact that you know it, it does tell you something. It might not be definitive, but it does tell you something if one of those guys get traded. You, you find out something. Well, I, I don't think if they wanted to move Kem, they would have an issue moving Kem. He is expiring. He's making right. $3 million this year. Pro, you could pretty much just move Kem. And if you get a second-round pick, in my opinion, that's a win. Like, if anything that you get back for Kem, in my opinion, as long as it's not a, a center that is going to get in Moe's way, which I, I don't think is really a, makes a lot of sense, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know a playoff contending team or a, a team with title aspirations that perhaps needs a, another you know backup big, a guy you know high energy, set good screens, you know do a lot of like the little things. You know, Ken Birch, you could do a lot worse than Ken Birch. Right. I mean, I, as much crap as like the anger that we have is not directed towards Kem in any way or, or fashion. I know it comes off of like that, but it, it's really just Cliff and, and the lack of opportunity that Mo has been given. But if they decide to move Kem, I think you can move Kem pretty easily. I, I think a team would be willing to give up a you know yeah. a second round pick if they have any interest in him whatsoever now whether or not the magic would even utilize that second round pick that is a whole nother conversation something that remains to be seen the magic at least this front office doesn't really seem to value second round picks all that much so but yeah we've so we've got um what is it just like five weeks between now and the the trade deadline so it's uh march 25th is going to be the trade deadline this year so I mean, looking at the schedule for the Orlando Magic, this week coming up, we've got the Knicks on Wednesday. We've got Golden State again at home on Friday. And then we've got Detroit on Sunday. So the Magic don't really have too many um, too many more games before the quote-unquote first half of the season is over. I'm pulling up the, the schedule here just to give us a, a better idea. Yeah, so we've got um, we're home for New York, Golden State, Detroit, Detroit again at Brooklyn. Home for Utah, Dallas, and Atlanta, and then we've got the you know the, the All Star break. It's not really a, a break. I mean, people are talking about the All Star game. There are some people that think we're we're not going to have an All Star game because players will drop out or whatever the case may be. But we're probably going to have you know two three ish weeks of basketball in the second half of the season before the trade deadline hits. So, I mean, I've been talking since like the end of January that. The, the between that point and the trade deadline is really the whole season and the magic have won one two three four games in the last month so hey, that's one a, one a week in my baby. opinion yeah I mean the, right now they're at, like the last few weeks basically since Markel is out they're averaging like winning one out of every four or five games like that's that's not really what you want in a normal season you'd go like what, like 20 and 62 or 21 and 61 at that rate. And that's, you know, you're looking at a, at a top pick at that point. Um, Again, we, we've talked about this the the last few weeks, but you talk about how you're like rooting for these other teams to win. And I just, I'm, I'm still just going back and forth because I do see the value in trying to stay competitive and trying to win games. Um, I do believe that if this team was, you know, pretty healthy this year, just looking around the league, we'd probably be, you know, the fourth or the fifth seed in the East right now. But that's not how the season has played out. And just looking long-term, like even if you talk yourself into, all right, just bring everybody back, everyone will be healthy next year, we'll have Markel, we'll have Jonathan Isaac, we'll have another lottery pick, we'll have Cole, we'll have Chuma, we'll either have Cam or, or Mo or whatever, and talking yourself into, all right, this is the year that we make the, the second round of the playoffs. With that roster, I could see you doing that. But then how how much further is that roster going to get with Evan, with Vooch, with Aaron? Like that's probably going to be the ceiling of that yeah. team. And sure, that's going to feel great next year. But three, four, five years from now, when we take a look and Jonathan Isaac's a little older and Markel's a little older 
and Mo Bamba either did or didn't work out. And now Chuma and Cole, you have to decide whether or not you're going to extend those guys and another rookie perhaps. Are you going to be like, man, we, we probably should have just lost out that one year when things looked really mm-hmm. bleak. Try to get just push the chips in, see where the, the lottery, the, the ping pong balls, where however that comes out in the, the wash, um, and just gone forward like that. Like, I see both sides of it. I am leaning more towards just don't tank, but also don't sell out to try to make the 10th seed. Just roll with what you've got right yeah. now. If a deal presents itself for Evan or for Aaron and it makes sense, you move those guys, especially Evan. Mo, uh, Kem as well, excuse me, I keep mixing them up. And then just see what happens the rest of the season. Like I'm looking at the standings for the the entire league. I don't see the magic, you know, getting a like a top three pick as far as like lottery odds go. So Minnesota, Detroit, those are the two teams in my opinion that are gonna be fighting over the like the number one seed. Then you've got the Wizards, the Cavs, and the Magic. I could one hundred percent see that seeing the Magic finishing as low as as fourth maybe third if you move some of those guys and then you just have to hope and pray that the lottery balls bounce your way and you end up with the guy that you want now we've been watching these G League Ignite games all week Jonathan Kuminga looks amazing I mean everyone's been talking about Cade Cunningham being the number one pick in my opinion I'm not saying that I would take Jonathan Kuminga over Cade but I definitely think where it's been this conversation of it's Cade, it's Cade, it's Cade, I could see teams talking themselves into being like, well, maybe it's Jonathan Kaminga because as well as Cade has been playing, and I think Cade has more of an upside of Jonathan Kaminga, but Jonathan Kaminga looks like a guy who might be able to, from day one, contribute. Not saying he's Zion, but kind of in that same fashion where day one he's able to contribute to a decent team. If you're dominating G League guys, I'm sorry, for like the college basketball fans out there, there's no competition. The The level of competition in the G League is better. There are probably 95% of college players would give their arm just to be able to play in the G League because that's how good you have to be to get to the next level. If you're dominating the G League, you could, you could drop 30 points a, a game in college. If you're giving me like 20 and 10 in the G League, which Jonathan Kaminga is pretty close right now, I believe, to me, that that says a lot more about Jonathan Kaminga. But you know me. I'm all over Jalen Green. I have been for weeks. He's looked amazing um, the last couple of games for the G League Ignite, um, with, I think, an exception of today. But, yeah, this front office has a, a tough decision to make. And, and I think that biting the bullet for the next couple of months and then moving forward with what should be a core of, like, Chuma, Cole, Jonathan, Markell, and another lottery pick – and then within three, four years, like this team should be ready to compete for a title if those guys work out and you draft the right way. If we keep this group together, like if Vooch is still the best player that we have in three, four years, we're not competing for a title. There's just no, no way. If Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier are on the team three, four years from now, I'll we're not puke. competing for a title. I've seen what I need to see out of these guys at mm-hmm. this point, and that's, that's what it comes down to me. I don't think that tanking is, you know, more beneficial than trying to win games, but you you have to look at these things on a case by case basis. And in this case, we have seen enough. Yeah, I mean, you're you're beat up so badly. Why not? Like, why why not just like you said, you don't have to necessarily tank. And I think we're hesitating to use the word tank 
as to what we want the magic to do because it has such a negative or a polarizing connotation around it, especially with just everyday NBA fans like, oh, no, you shouldn't tank. You should always want to win. We did want to win. We wanted to win. And then both our guys got their ACLs torn out from under them. So, like, uh, no point in just, like, continuing to preach winning. This team's not winning anytime soon, meaning this year. Um, So, like you said, don't sell out to get the 10 seed. That would be disastrous. Um, Don't sell out for the 10 seed. Think about the future. Um, And that's it. It's the same message that we've been preaching for probably the last week, but now I'm preaching it even more because it seems even more bleak that this team can do anything this year. Uh, it, it's it's a wrap, and they just need to you know, develop your own guys. You're not going to win many games, but that's the case, and you, you can't help it. So that's it. And when, when I talk about selling out for the 10th seed, I don't mean make some like crazy, ridiculous, drastic move like we did, you know, five or so years ago trading Tobias Harris for Ursan Ilyasova and Brandon Jennings and convincing yourself that was going to be enough to make the playoffs. I don't see the Magic doing anything like that. I'm more so talking about getting an offer for Evan Fournier that you can live with, but also with the understanding that that is going to be the end of your season, right? Because that's that's what would happen. Yeah. Like if you're moving Evan Fournier, you're giving up on this season. That's That's what you're doing. But looking a trade that you could l- live with, looking it in the face and saying, "No, we'd rather try for the 10th mm-hmm. seed." That's that's where I'm at. I don't. We will never hear if like what the truth is in regards to that. Like if the Magic do have a deal and they end up passing that up, we'll probably never hear about it. You know, or, or you know, like we have like before this season, it was like Trevor Ariza and like a first round pick for Aaron Gordon or something like that. We might never hear that the Magic had a, a really good offer for Evan Fournier and then just decided to push for the playoffs. That, in my opinion, is just, like, demonstrable. You you cannot afford to do that. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, push this team all in and say, okay, we're, we're going to make the 10th seed if you have a decent offer. If you're not getting a good return for Evan Fournier or you're not getting a good offer for Aaron Gordon, I think any offer for Cam, in my eyes, is, yeah. is good enough. Because the goal is just to free up time for Mo Bamba, they could give us, they could give us Frank Mason with a, <laughs> a strained groin. You know, at this point, I'd be like, fine, yeah. whatever, just get Mo on the floor. But in in regards to Evan and Aaron, if they have legitimate opportunities to deal those guys, they need to mm-hmm. do it. If they they don't, I think that's a a failure on the the part of the front office. Uh, because again, I just don't believe in in the veteran core that we have long term. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, All right. that's that's it on that topic for me because I mean, it's it's going to be the same message, guys, for the next month too. I mean, I don't think we're going to waver on what we want at yeah. trade deadline. Yeah, the next the next five weeks. I mean, unfortunately, this team is just in a position where not much is going to change in like the near future. Like this team isn't going to go on, you know, like any type of run where they win you know, seven or eight out of their next 10 games with this roster, it's, it's just not going to happen. And, um, you know, the, the second half of the schedule is going to be significantly tougher than this first half was. So I think the, the front office also needs to keep that in mind, but looking at next week, we touched on it just briefly, but, uh, the magic won't play again until Wednesday against the Knicks. So the magic are back home this week. That West coast road trip happens twice a year and it sucks twice a year having to stay up until, 
you know, 12, 1 a.m. for these games is, is rough. But back home on Wednesday against the Knicks, that game will start at 7 o'clock. The Knicks are 13 and 15 on the year. They are 5 and 5 in their last 10 games. Then we've got the Golden State Warriors again on Friday. Golden State is now 14 and 13. They are 6 and 4 in their last 10 games. And then uh, we play Detroit on Sunday and then again on Tuesday, actually. So if, if we lose. We talked last week how like we were either going to go zero and four, we were going to go one and three. We went one and three. If we go zero and three on this week, and then we lose to the Pistons twice in a row, <laughs> that should be all that this front office needs to needs to see, and they should just you know pull the pull the cord, pull the plug on the season. But uh, versus Detroit on uh, Sunday at seven o'clock, they're eight and nineteen right now. They're four and six in their last ten. So that means they started what four and thirteen, and they've gone four and six mm-hmm. since then. We're ten and eighteen after starting four and zero, and we were six and two. So yep. since that time, we've gone four and sixteen. So that's that's, that's really exactly good. one and five. So yeah, that's really good. It's hard <laughs> out here for uh, for a Magic fan. That's just that's yeah uh, the whole story. Yeah. Uh, since we give our predictions every week, I will just uh, three games this week, like you said. Two of the teams are trending in the right, what seems to be the right direction. I'll I'll say the obvious here. I don't think the Magic are going to be pulling on off any miraculous wins anytime soon. Um, I'm just going to say one and two, and believe me, it hurts me to say that I think we're going to lose to the Knicks. Yeah, definitely. I think I think one and two. Um, definitely a possibility for this team to go zero oh and three. There's, I think, for the near future until we start getting multiple guys back um i think that's going to be a possibility each week we're going to see a lot of losing weeks and i i promise you guys if we go zero and three this week the podcast next week is not going to be pretty it is really not because at that time we're going to be if, if that all comes to fruition we're going to be coming off of a loss to detroit going to be playing detroit again that tuesday so if we lose to detroit on sunday you know, there, there's reason to believe we could lose to Detroit on Tuesday as well. And if we go 0-4 over the ne- these next four games, that to <laughs> me, that's got to be the season. Like, that has, that's got to be it. Like, eight, nine guys, you know, and let's give props to the guys for fighting this week, playing with, um, you know, nine guys for, you know, one of those games and then eight guys for the last two games of the week. Just hats off for the, the fight that they showed, but... If you can't beat Detroit one of those two games, I don't care if it's eight guys, nine guys, seven guys. I don't care if it's five guys. You, this Detroit team is terrible. And with Nikola Vucevic, uh, you know, they, they should find a way to, to beat Detroit, you know, hopefully, you know, both times. But it should be at least one of those times. And I say hopefully, you know, lightly. <laughs> Luke Luke doesn't really sound like he's all that hopeful that we'll beat the, the Pistons. So, no. but uh, anything else, Luke? No, I, I think uh... – I think that's it for me. Uh, let's let's get to the trade deadline. I wish we could just speed up, you know, the next few weeks here and uh, and get to that point. But for now, we've got to rough it out. So let's uh, let's continue to be the fans that we are of our uh, dear Orlando Magic. Well, I appreciate everybody that is still rocking with us and still listening because, I mean, one to even watch these games says a lot about somebody if they're willing to take time out of their day to do that. And then if you still care enough about this team right now to listen to a podcast every week, like hats off, like you're the real MVP. Um, something that just came to mind 
when you're talking about wanting to to fast forward the season that really makes me a, a little sad is I've seen some talk you know we've, we've been talking about how next year you know we'll have Jonathan back we'll have Markel Fultz back blah 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 so Markel tore his ACL in the beginning of January so if this season you know starts up in you know like October or November there's a, a legitimate chance that we don't see Markel Fultz to start the season and that wasn't really something that had dawned on me um, you know, usually at the absolute least, it's like a nine month injury. And then yep. it, it's, it's usually about like 10 to 12 months. So I had these, you know, dreams of, of, you know, gumdrops and, and, and rainbows <laughs> in my head of that first game back in the Amway and Jonathan mm-hmm. Isaac and Markel Fultz standing, you know, walking onto the floor together in the place, just erupting, but that's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be two separate. Uh, returns. Yeah. Jonathan should be back for the the beginning of the season, and Markel. I mean, we'll kind of just have to wait and see how his recovery goes. But you're probably looking at like perhaps a month a month or two of next season without Markel. So I don't know if that had dawned on you, but it, it dawned on me recently, and it's it's pretty depressing. So yeah, thank you for that. That's great. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. that kind of sucks. Whatever. I mean, I'll look else? at it from this way. The, those guys deserve, you know, their own standing ovation separately. So we'll go that route, all right? J.I. gets his. I don't know that my heart else, so could handle both of them coming back together. I think I would legitimately cry tears of joy, <laughs> both of those guys <laughs> returning together. Yeah, I mean, you're going to cry tears of joy anyway when J.I. comes back his first game. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Dude, Whatever. Hey, Jonathan Isaac is coming out with a clothing line, apparently. I promise I promise you I, w- I will be rocking that 100% for my boy. So, mm-hmm. anything else, Luke? I think that, that's all I got. That, that's it for me. All right, well, let's get some W's this week. What do you say, folks? But anyways, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. Luke is, is like, let's not do that, but... Anyways, guys, you have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Six Man Show, and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!